listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Wednesday the 15th of December. This is Recap made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. You know what's coming up? Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. I can't believe this. I'm looking at you in person. Oh, I know, I know. Alice and I are actually in the same... A room in the same city. Yeah, so for those of you who have listening, been listening to us for a while, um, you may have been aware that Jose and I have actually been doing recap remotely mm-hmm. uh, with Jose being stuck up in Auckland yes. in lockdown. Um, meanwhile, myself uh, in Wellington. Yeah, yeah, and it's been, uh, you know, it's done, we've done pretty well, I think, to do that remotely, to do the podcast every day, but and now we're doing it together for the next couple of days yeah I know it's weird I'm actually quite nervous because I just haven't seen other people for four months <laughs> and suddenly I'm walking around and all the people all my work colleagues suddenly have legs after four months of watching them like on screens and having conversations with them on via zoom and what else have you this is uh, it's quite bizarre but it's really really good to be back and it's great to have you back thank you so much um, shall we kick things off? What's been happening locally, Alice? Uh, so on the New Zealand Stock Exchange today, there were two companies that provided updates on their guidance. So guidance is something that we do talk about on Recap quite a bit. It refers to a company's estimate of how it thinks it will perform for a future period. It comes from the company's management, although as with any forecast, their projections are by no means guaranteed. And what actually happens can differ to what was expected. So what kind of what two companies, rather, are you updating us up on today, Alice? Uh, well, the first company is Steel and Tube Holdings, uh, which makes, processes and sells steel, plastic and other allied products. Uh, so this morning, the company announced that it's upgraded its earnings guidance for the first half of its 2022 financial year. Uh, that's the six months to the end of December 2021. Right. So what was Steel and Tube expecting before versus now? So about a month ago, Steel and Tube said it expected earnings before interest and tax, or EBIT, uh, for the six months to be above $17 million. Uh, now the company is saying it expects EBIT to be in the range of 20 to $22 million. Now that's compared to $8.9 million uh, for that period a year ago. And did Steel and Tube say what's driven higher expectations for performance? Yeah, CEO Mark Malpass said that since the company's last update, Positive trading momentum has continued and demand growth has been solid. Uh, Steel and Tube also highlighted in the announcement that revenue for the first five months of the financial year, that's to the end of November, increased 22% compared to the same period a year ago. Cool, thanks for that update Alice. What was the second company that provided some updated guidance? 
Uh, so that was Wellington Drive Technologies. Now, uh, Wellington Drive Technologies specialises in making technology related to commercial refrigeration. And what did the company say about its guidance? Uh, well, Wellington Drive Technologies actually reaffirmed its previous guidance, saying that both revenue and earnings were for interest, tax, amortisation and depreciation, so EBITDA this time, uh, are expected to be within the guidance ranges it had previously given to the market. Uh, the company also said it expects revenue for the for its 2021 financial year to be about 47 uh, million US dollars and that would be a record result uh, and about double from last year. And how about EBITDA? The company advised it expects that to be around 3.9 million New Zealand dollars and that's led Wellington Drive Technologies' CEO uh, Greg Buller to say that he's pleased with the company's performance for this financial year. And finally, any outlook for the financial year ahead? Yeah, the company said it expects revenue to continue to grow strongly and is forecasting revenue growth of around 25% next year to 60 million US dollars. Thank you very much for that, Alice. But grab your vaccine pass because we're going to Japan. Today, I would like to talk about Toyota's strategy for achieving carbon neutrality, particularly our strategy for battery electric vehicles, BEVs, which represent one of the most promising options. So what you've just heard is a clip from a glitzy press briefing featuring the president of the Toyota Motor Corporation, Akio Toyota, and the briefing was to announce that the car maker is going to be investing heavily in electric cars over the coming few years. Another one. Uh, in the past year we've had uh, like Ford, Volkswagen, Nissan and General Motors all put like pretty big money into electric cars. Uh, what's Toyota's plan? Well, at the briefing, the company revealed that it will spend more than $35 billion US dollars on battery-powered electric vehicles over the next eight years. They'll be introducing a lineup of 30 cars and they want to be selling 3.5 million cars annually by 2030. Toyota also said the company plans to have its manufacturing plants, all its manufacturing plants, in fact, carbon neutral by 2035. That sounds quite ambitious. Yeah, it certainly is. And not only that, but uh, Toyota says it'll increase its current investments in battery technology by $4.4 billion, as well as invest heavily in other electric vehicles like hybrid or fuel cell cars. Uh, it also has specific plans for its luxury Lexus brand. It wants battery uh, electric vehicles to account for all global sales of that brand by 2035. And what's been the reaction to this announcement? Well, most commentary I've read uh, suggests that uh, this is Toyota attempting to catch up a bit to its competitors, who, as you pointed out earlier, have all made uh, big investments in the electric car space. And it is interesting that at the COP26 climate conference last month, Toyota wasn't among a group of six car makers that pledged to phase out fossil fuel cars by 2040. Interesting, why not? Well, it seems to be a bit of a positioning on uh, Toyota's part. Uh, they don't want to be seen exclusively as an electric car maker. According to a Reuters story, a Toyota executive said large part of the world, parts of the world weren't ready for zero emissions cars. Uh, instead, it was reported that Toyota wants to be seen as a carbon neutral business instead. <music> 
But what other news have you got to wrap us up for today, Alice? Uh, well, bear with me because there's been a flurry of Ooh. news stories related to Pfizer in the last day or so. Yeah, this is a company that has become a household name because of the pandemic, given that it's one, behind one of the COVID-19 vaccines. So what's the latest? Yeah, so first let's take a look at some news related to Pfizer and the Omicron variant because that's been uh, the talk of the town lately. Um, as we have talked about on Recap in recent weeks, the emergence of the Omicron variant variant has had vaccine makers jumping into action to see if their vaccines protect against this new variant. Well, in a real-world study undertaken by South Africa's uh, largest private health insurance administrator called Discovery Health, uh, that takes a look at the latest results to help answer this question. Right, and what were those results? So this study is based on more than 211,000 positive COVID-19 test results uh, taken from adults in South Africa between the 15th of November and the 7th of December this year. Now the study found that two doses of the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine did provide some protection against the Omicron variant, both in the form of reducing hospitalizations and infections, uh, but these rates were lower, um, like the the amount of um, effectiveness is lower compared to what uh, they saw in the previous wave of COVID infections, uh, which was the Delta variant. Now, Discovery Health did say though that these findings should be considered preliminary and that there's a large amount of uncertainty surrounding uh, Omicron. Thanks, Alice. Uh, well, uh, what was the other Pfizer news? Well, on a slightly lighter note, uh, if you remember a while back on Recap, we talked about how Pfizer has developed an antiviral pill that could be used to treat COVID. That's right, and Merck was working to develop one too. Uh, from memory, the two pills were showing promising signs of being effective, but we're still in early stages from what I remember. Yes, and that's what today's update is on. So Pfizer said that its final analysis of its COVID pills showed almost 90% uh, effectiveness in preventing death and hospitalisations in high-risk patients. Uh, Pfizer also said that it, it expects the treatment to keep up its effectiveness against Omicron. And in a second clinical trial that's looking at standard-risk adults, the treatment showing a 70% reduction in hospitalisations uh, according to early data. And what's Pfizer said about this? So Chief Scientific Officer Michael Dolston has said in an interview uh, that was reported in an out Jazeera article that it's a stunning outcome. Uh, he said he's talking about a staggering number of lives saved and hospitalizations prevented. Uh, although the company is still waiting for the treatment's authorization, Pfizer has said that it can have up to 180,000 courses of the drug ready to ship this year and plans to produce 80 million more next year. Far out. Um, this has already been quite a lot of news, but was there anything else from Pfizer today? Yeah, yeah, there was. Uh, one last thing, and surprisingly, it's not COVID-related. Whoa. Uh, so Pfizer announced on Monday in the US that it's entered into an agreement to acquire a company called Arena Pharmaceuticals. Now, Arena is another biopharm biopharmaceutical company that's listed uh, in the US and it develops treatments for several immuno-inflammatory diseases. So how much is the acquisition worth and what is the appeal for Pfizer? So Pfizer said that the proposed acquisition complements its capabilities and expertise in the inflammation and immunology space. Uh, Pfizer's fronting up with 6.7 billion US dollars for the acquisition and although the boards of both companies have approved the deal, it still needs regulatory and arena uh, share 
shareholder approval in order for it to go ahead. Right. And finally, how has Pfizer's share price performed after this uh, absolute ton of news? <laughs> yeah, so over the past five days, which is sort of when we've seen this news come through, Pfizer's share price has risen about 5%. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much, Alice, and thanks to you out there for listening. That was Recap for the 15th of December. And you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. There'll be a link to how to do that in the episode description. We will definitely see you tomorrow. Mā tewa. Mā tewa.